All right, and now I am joined with our second coach interview of the episode. It is Mr. Coach Forge. <laughs> Mr. Coach Forge, huh? All right. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Yao leading goal, goal scorer of Bonsville? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for joining me on the show. Let's get into it. So for bowling, it is safe to say that it does not receive as much attention as some of the other sports at the school. Although you are not running around the lane, slide tackling people, can you explain to the viewers the hard work and determination that goes to the sport every day? Yeah, so, you know, like you said, a, a lot of people are surprised or shocked even when they hear we have a bowling team. Um, of course, it's a small team. We bowl four on four, uh, which, of course, is tiny compared to pretty much everything else. I know basketball is obviously five, but uh, much smaller. Uh, you know, the whole idea behind bowling isn't the same as, you know, soccer, which you and I are both familiar with, or football, or, you know, this contact sport. Yeah. It's, it's really a competition between yourself, and that's one of the things that I try to push. It's not about, oh, I need to bowl 300 every time. It's Try to do better than your average. Try to help your team with every every ball. And with your varsity roster, according to Mr. Ramirez, you have 12 bowlers on the team, ranging from everybody from 9th to 12th grade. Does the fact that the roster is small create a stronger bond for you to get those lessons across? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I know the roster is always big, and one of the things that I always say about bowling is, you know, everybody can enjoy it. You know, whether it's just somebody on a, on a weekend or a little kid or whatever it is. I don't make cuts on my team because I want everybody to enjoy it. And it also allows for growth for a lot of players. But really our core group right now is five, maybe six guys for our varsity squad. Um, and we really all come together as a team. We work together as a team. And, you know, it's all about helping each other win. So sometimes somebody's just having a bad day. It happens. You know, it's the ball's just not hitting where you want it to. Maybe there's not enough oil on the lane. Um, you know, and then we switch out and we rotate. But it's all about helping each other and really having that close-knit, tight team. And who are the players on the team that you lean on to be the leaders on each respective varsity squad? So <clears throat> last year for the boys, uh, they won conference, which was great. Um, I've had four years with the same guys, but five of them graduated. Uh, so this year is a whole new group. And really the person for the boys that has really stood up is uh, Matthew Olmedo. Um, his older brother was on the team last year. He was on JV last year. Um, and I was a little unsure exactly where he was going to be. But through the first four games of the season, I really see him stepping up, leading that team, talking to the younger guys. We have two freshmen who are starting on the varsity squad. Um, and of course, for our, our varsity girls is the legendary April Red, who everybody knows so well. Um, Three-sport athlete. She's been the leader really since she's been a freshman, four-year captain. And April's obviously someone who has had a huge impact on the team for a while. With her once again being on the varsity girls team this season, how do you expect her to improve and reach her peak as a bowler? It's it's hard. Bowling's really hard. You know, like I said, it's uh, you know if you compare it to basketball, it's kind of just working on that that shot every day, all day. You know, it's it's something you have to constantly working on, um, and really being able to adjust. It's really easy to get frustrated, right? If you're just not hitting the pins, and you know she's out there all the time, and you know we talked preseason for a month before she's going out, she's bowling, she's talking to the girls, encouraging them. You know they have their group chat, trying to get everybody together, really just trying to lead and, and work really for herself as well to get to be the best bowler she can be. As you said before, bowling is obviously a hard sport, and it's good to have April as a leader that can really teach the girls the work and dedication that goes into it. But looking at the scoring system now, Aaron Hurtado, who is one of your bowlers, recently gave me a brief rundown of how the scoring system works for bowling. Can you reiterate to me and tell the listeners how the system works for both the JV and varsity? So it's, it's the same system for both. Um, I think 
that just like with all varsity sports, you kind of take it a little bit more seriously, right? It's, it's about winning. It's not about necessarily just, you know, everybody gets a shot. So, you know, the way that it works is that all four bowlers, it's four on four. Let's say it's us versus Oceanside. And all, all everybody bowls a game and then you combine all the scores. So the guy who's given you, you know, a 170 average is really just as important as the guy who's given you a 130 average because you're adding everything together. So like I said before, it's all about really coming together and working as a, as a team. And our message for, you know, the last couple of years really, and we're kind of pushing it again this year is every pin counts. And every time you throw that ball and, you know, whether you get a gutter, you get a strike or you get one pin, whatever it is, that counts for everybody. So you can't just give up or there is no giving up. I'm not having a good day. Well, there is no giving up because you got to work for every single pin that you can for every single match. And it's not just, you know, I tell the boys and the girls, it's not just about that one pin. It's about everything that you do in life, right? You got to try your hardest at every single thing that you do. You know, whether we're talking sports or school or, you know, post-college, you got to get every single pin. And last year's team, obviously, they realized those lessons that you taught them and really put that into fruition, and that's why they were conference champions. But what does this year's squad have to do to match that success? So I, I think it's really all about consistency. And, and again, it's a, it's a really difficult thing to have. Um, it's really easy to get frustrated. It's easy to get upset. It's easy to just be like, oh, it's just not my day and want to give up. But what we're working on now is really coming together as a team and having the players talk to each other as much as they can. You know, sometimes, you know, if you talk about, you know, when we played soccer, it's easy for me to get in your face and, yeah. you know, give you a little speech and yell at you a little bit and, you know, try to give you a little bit of that adrenaline rush and get you back out there and sometimes even get you a little angry, you know. But it's not the same in bowling, right? So it's really pulling together as a team, working hard. And my job is more to kind of manage them and manage, you know, the way that they're thinking and the way that they're feeling. But t together as a team is where they really have that strength to work together and make each other better. Are the factors off the, off the lanes, I should say, and on the lanes pretty much the same when it comes to the product, the final product on the So place? there's always certain variables that you can't really necessarily account for. Um, you know, when, when you show up to the lanes, you don't know exactly what it's going to be like. You know, when you go to a football field or soccer field, baseball field, it's it's always it's the same shape, it's the same size, you have the same bat. But the big thing on the on the lanes is sometimes there's a different amount of oil, right? And the oil allows the ball to spin differently. So you really have to be able to adjust on the fly with stuff like that, as well as competition, right? There's, there's a lot of nerves that go in with it because... You know, we're, we're a good team. And if you ask me, we're the favorites. We're the favorites for the conference. We're in first place right now. We beat Oceanside. They're a big competition for the year. If you look at their numbers, their numbers, their numbers are better than ours, right? But we beat them head to head. And one of the reasons that we beat them head to head is because we came together with this team. We know what we needed to do. We had the right messaging. And again, every single pin mattered and we knew it. They weren't ready for us. And speaking of competition, a little fun fact about you is that on Mondays, at least during the fall season, you would head over to the Hofstra bubble and play in an over-30 soccer league. How do you keep yourself in shape both mentally and physically to not only coach, but to continue playing soccer as well? Uh, look, it's we got a little bit of the same of us, right, where we, we're just competitors. Uh, to me, you know, even to this day, you know, whether it's bowling or I'm coaching you guys or I'm playing myself, still get those nerves, those butterflies a little bit, that a little bit of anxiety, but it quickly turns into adrenaline once that bell, 
bell rings or whistle blows, you know? And uh, I, it's just something that has always been in me. I, I've played soccer since I'm three years old. It's a little kid, right? I started playing soccer in 1987. Uh, yeah, it's, it was your first love, I know. It's, it's been a few years. So, uh, you know, I, I still play with my friends. We play year-round. Uh, we play at the Hofstra Bobble. It's a really great time. Uh, and it's funny because I play with some of the same guys that I started playing Snoopy's with or like the three and four year old soccer up until today. So I've been playing soccer with some of these guys for 30 years um, and it becomes this this like family type thing where some of these guys I know, you know, better than than a lot of people in my life. You played high school soccer in McDarthur, right? Yes. And how did that experience impact the type of coach you are today? Not only in soccer, but bowling as well. It's a good question. Uh, I, I had two different coaches uh, through my my career. My first coach was a, was actually a wrestling coach. Uh, and he didn't understand sometimes why we would pass the ball backwards. Um, he, you know, he tell us, no, the goal's that way, you gotta go. Uh, and then my, my second coach was actually also a wrestling coach, but he was also a soccer player. And uh, he, he was like a fitness guy. And if you, you talk to some of the wrestling guys here, you talk about how hard they work. And I know you know, right? How hard they work and how much you know pressure they put on themselves and you know running, running, running. And you know, in, in th those days, it was cutting weight. You know, it was, it was very different than kind of what some of the things they have now. So, you know, being in that hot room and running and running and running and doing your cardio and lifting weights and all this stuff. So I kind of got both of that from them. But I think that one of the things that I've always been good at is trying to make personal connections with people and I think that that's what makes me who I am as a coach because I try to learn the person I don't necessarily try to just coach the team I try to work with individuals to make the team better and going back or continuing with your coaching rather in in the 2016 fall season you were the head coach of the junior varsity squad and then due to the retirement of coach Palumbo who we had previously on the show you were then appointed assistant coach of the varsity squad how's the transition back then going from coaching little junior varsity games to coaching games with more meaning so it's it's been a, a growing process for myself because um, you know, as we spoke earlier, I, I coached so many different things here. Yeah. Um, you know, I coached boys JV, boys assistant boys varsity, the bowling team, the boys varsity tennis. I coached the girls uh, middle school tennis for a little while. But in, in particular with soccer, I find that like when I graduated college in 2006, you know, I was 22, fresh out, and I had a lot of connections in Levittown Soccer Club for LIJ, and I started coaching right from there. I started coaching uh, U10. So I, I kind of grew up with those kids over time and they kind of phased out. And the next thing you know, I'm coaching you and you know some of you guys in 2016, 17, or 17, 18, I guess for you, right? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of grown with it over time. And what's so great is that, you know, somebody like you, I, I was able to coach you when you were a freshman, almost straight through to being a senior, which is such a great thing. So as you're growing, I'm growing too. You know, and, and we're constantly trying to push ourselves and motivate ourselves to get better and better. With this, we're also going down. Now we have, you know, six, really fifth going to sixth and seventh graders and up really in the soccer program now. And Coach Supios has done such a great job really like pushing our, uh, our program further and further and further and hoping that leads to longer success in the future. And I was fortunate enough to have you basically for all four years for you to have me grow as a soccer player. But this year specifically, we didn't have that great of a season. Are there times where you sit down with Supios and discuss the roster for next season and the different lineups you guys might have, despite the fact that bowling is your main focus? So me and, me and uh, Soup, I guess we'll call him, Coach Supios, um, we're really good friends. Uh, you know, 
we really are. We, we get together all the time, uh, whether it's somehow we can't end up stopping talking about soccer. Of course, you know us. Um, but, you know, whether it's a good season or a bad season, it, I don't really reflect on on scores and things like that at the end of the day. And, you know, and when the whistle blows, you know, of course, I get a little annoyed and a little upset, just like all you guys. And I think maybe I hold it a little bit better yeah, than, 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 you know, you guys are teenagers. So, but, uh, you know, we're always talking and we're talking about the kids coming up. We're talking about the kids that have left us, how we can change this, how we can do this better. You know, th- this is a, a nonstop thing for him and I. And whether it's, you know, September, October, and we're actually coaching, or six months later, and we're planning our, our drills and what we want to do and our different progression and drills and what we sh- formation we should play, different lineups, where we should be. It's always happening. Like every fourth period I see him, he comes up to my office, we have a cup of coffee, we talk a little bit about this, a little bit of that, how bad Arsenal's been playing, and, <laughs> and you know what we can do moving forward. How do you stand going from all right, fourth period or whatever period it was, you're talking about soccer, and then after school you're talking about bowling, and way you have to talk about tennis later on, and how do you just juggle all of this? Well, add a baby into the mix. My yeah. daughter's three months old, um, and then I tutor as well. So, look, I, I'm a busy man, but... You know, you, you're able to focus one thing at a time. And I would never put myself in a, in a place where I feel like I'm overwhelmed. And, you know, I, I don't know if you have this in your notes or you've heard, I, I, I stepped down from coaching boys tennis varsity. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons just because, because I have too much on my plate, and sometimes it's because my wife has too much on her plate. You know, I want to be there for my daughter. And, you know, my, you know, my daughter was born during the soccer season. Mm-hmm. And I think I missed two practices. Uh, it's important to me, you know, of course, you know, family is, is the ultimate thing, but you know, when I dedicate myself to something, whether it's teaching, it's coaching, family, anything, I'm all in. And the second I can't do it, I'm all out. And obviously you're committed. And the main thing with these coaches have been sacrifice, of course. How have you sacrificed most of your time for sports, despite the fact that you recently had a daughter? Well, you know, I, I think early on when my when my daughter was born, it was it, it was definitely tough. You know, obviously my wife. Um, you know, we were in, in the hospital for a few days, and that's kind of when I I missed. I was fortunate. You know, I told her she wasn't allowed to have the baby until after the season. You know, we kind of had that deal, um, but I, it's not really how those things work. So, um, the, my baby was born on a Saturday. So next thing you know, I'm thinking I'm seeing you guys on Monday or Tuesday, and you know, spending that time with my family and things like that. You know, look, it, it it's hard, but Again, you know, like I told you guys, it's the end of the season. I'll, I'll have it forever. I'm always going to put my family first, but I'm still going to be dedicated to you guys. So I got to try to split my time and do what I need to do. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I live close. I live in Oceanside. So it's not like a far commute or anything like that. You know, when practice is over, I'm home in 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You know, so I'm able to kind of manage my time a little bit easier because I am set set up in a, in a good location and do this. That's why I've done everything here. I've done summer school here. I do the summer school program at the middle school now. Uh, I'm always here. And you're very busy, of course, but with all the sports you coach, do you ever find yourself switching your coaching style in between the different sports, or do you keep the same philosophies throughout each season? I think that whenever you are, are coaching a, a team, you have to have some set of specific goals that you have. Um, and I think that as an assistant for a team is very different than when I'm coaching, uh, you know, being the head coach for a team. 
you know, me and Supios have, you know, tried different things and worked different things. And, you know, one of the things that I've tried to be good at is really working with you guys individually and talking to you guys about individual skills. You know, we're talking about, you know, we were doing those runs at the end of the season, yeah. talking about those different style runs. And, you know, this is with two practices left and we're still talking about how we can make you better, a senior who's going to graduate, right? It, like it never stops. So, you know, my goal for that is going to be more along the lines of help managing the people and trying to talk to everybody and get them in like the right mood, the right spirit. You know, some people need to be yelled at. Some people you need kid gloves with and, you know, like kind of talk them up a little bit. So I think that's very different than what I do with the bowling team. Although it does have similarities where, you know, I feel like I have to just kind of manage them. And, and bowling's tough too because I have the boys varsity team, the girls varsity team, the boys JV team, the girls JV team. You know, it's probably, tw- I think, 27 kids in total. So it's a lot of like managing from like the outside a little bit more and letting the players kind of come together themselves. If you looked at me in the tennis courts and you asked any of the tennis players out there, I would go out there and I would challenge them. I would challenge them. Oh, you think you're good? Let's go. Right. So in a way, I would try to push people in different ways and just try to figure out what's best way to get that person to achieve their highest level. And as one of the youngest coach, coaches in Baldwin and pretty sure the person who coaches the most sports at once, it's a lot, of course. But what have been some of your biggest and best moments that you've experienced thus far in all sports? So... One that like really pops out to me, I, I, I was actually still a JV coach at the time, and I think you were in the school already. It was when we were playing MacArthur. Uh, it was a playoff game. We had we were home against MacArthur, which is, of course, who I played for MacArthur yeah. growing up. And like I told you, I coached those kids when I, years ago when I got out of college. A couple of them were still on the team. They had won counties the year before, so I was happy to see them win. But then they came into our house the next year. Alessandro scores a goal. Uh, in overtime to end a golden goal over. But more recently, I mean, last year, the boys boys bowling team won the conference. And, you know, it was, the best part about that was that I, four year, five years ago now, I had these four kids come in who were just, they were pretty good bowlers. And then four years later, we're getting a conference trophy. So it was, that was like the accumulation of four years of, of, of working together and really seeing these kids grow, not only as, as athletes, but people. You know, I started with four little boys and I ended with four men who were all taller than me. So it was, uh, it was really great. And obviously with the fact that you coach a lot of sports, it comes a lot of athletes. You've probably coached more athletes than most of the coaches, despite being a young coach. What is the biggest lesson that you want your players that you've coached to remember about you? Wow. Um, you know, I think it's different in different sports. I think in when I was coaching bowling and tennis, um, you know, there's not a lot of scholarship opportunities for, for things like that. But what I wanted to learn from me is just enjoy the game. You know, and you see me with soccer. I'm 35 years 35 years old, and I'm still running around. Yeah, I'm still running. I'm, I'm still playing, fouling you. Yeah, so who can foul you? You're twice the size of me. Let's go. Come That's on. why you extend your arm and push me right to the floor. <laughs> I, so. I, I'm trying to teach you a few things out there, yeah. So, but I want them to enjoy the game. So, whether it's you know in the future and it's just hanging out with their boyfriend or girlfriend, and they're going out bowling, or you know they're 65 years old and they're going to play tennis again. You know, as a senior citizen center, as as you know an adult years and years and years from now, I want them to learn and enjoy the game. Um, for soccer, it's, it's a little different because it's one of these things where you could push your body to a, to a whole 
not a limit. And you know, I saw you do it. I've seen a few people do it. Maybe not to the extent of you. I think you've pushed yourself pretty much as hard as I've seen anybody. But the fact that you can keep going, right? It's so easy to give up. It's really hard to keep working. So one of the things that I want the kids, especially in the soccer team, to remember is is being pushed and realizing that like this is this is the hardest thing you've ever done, but you can keep going. Right, whether it's you know doing USAs at practice or those last couple of minutes in a game where I'm like, I just need a little bit more. Give me a little bit more, a few more minutes. Give you know, push, push, push. Um, you know, those things are will be so important for the future. You know, whether it's you know when you're in university and you're working your butt off and you're like, I just can't study one more thing. I just can't handle you know, or any anything like in work or dealing with anything you have. Like those are the lessons that are so important to be able to continue to push yourself, make yourself a better person. You know, in the other way, just enjoying yourself as well. All right, that's good. Do you have any goals for yourself in the next coming years before you retire? Retire, <laughs> or if you retire, it seems like your love of sports is going to carry on forever. So, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't know. It's you know, it's me personally playing. I, uh, you know, I've I've accomplished everything that I, I can. Now it's for fun for me playing. But you know, coaching personally, you know, this season with bowling, you know, I I haven't had an old old county bowler yet. And is April on her way? You know, she she was very close last year. We'll see how she does this year. Um, you know, it's again, it's that consistency is really hard. You know, I have a, I have a new freshman, um, Matthew Johnson, ninth grader, very talented, very very talented. Um, you know, he's averaged a one sixty right now, but two hundred is all county before for boys. It's one sixty for girls. Uh, they use a lot of ball, so it's more yeah. difficult. You know the physics of it, yeah, yeah. but. Um, you know, I, I hope in four years that I'm, I'm sitting with him at a county tournament. You know, and then from there, it's, you know, win a county championship. It's bring somebody to the States. So, you know, it takes a long time. And, you know, I could set any goal that I really want. But, again, I go back to that kind of individual type idea where it's, I just want to get the best out of every player that I have. You know, whether, you know, I, I look at where you, you've ended up and... I hope that I had some part in that. Huge. But, huge. you know, I think from where you were four years ago as a freshman to where you are now is so incredible. And if I can get any of my athletes to grow as much as you have in those last four years, that, that to me, is such an important personal goal. Is there anything else you would like to say? No. Um, you know, the only thing I would say is that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for everything you did. Appreciate you know, it. for you know the four years with me, I know you're still, you know, you're a very good wrestler. I know you're, whatever you're involved in everything. Obviously, you're doing this. You're what you're homecoming king or president of the school. <laughs> you, you, you've tried to take every single thing, so that's cool. I, I'm so proud of you for everything you've done in your life, and I, I expect you to achieve many, many great things. And the only thing I would ask is, when you graduate and walk off that stage, don't be it the last time I see you. Okay. All right. Take care. Thank you for joining me. My pleasure.